Welcome to Educators Unplugged, bridging the gap between the books and real life. I'm your host, April Zalaki. Today I have Karen Ladendorf, full-time faculty member in education at College of DuPage. Together with Shannon Delgado, the three of us make up the teacher preparation program at College of DuPage and collectively have over 50 years in education. Thank you for joining me today, Karen. Thank you. I'm so excited that we're going to get to chat about our program at College of DuPage. And to get started, I really just want to learn a little bit about you. So why don't you share with me and our listeners uh, about how you came to become a teacher? So uh, thank you again. And I have been so excited to join COD's staff this semester or this year. We are so excited to have you. <laughs> um, so this is my 20th year in education, wow. which is crazy. I started originally as a music teacher. I originally wanted to do composition when I was back in middle school and early high school. And then I had the opportunity to actually help students at a summer band. And I fell in love with teaching and said, I love music, love teaching. I'm going to do this. And I went into teaching music education. I was a K-12 music teacher in a little farming town for two years. Did you teach general music or instruments or all of the? Everything. I had K through six general music, six through eight choir, five through, oh no, six through 12 choir, five through 12 band, high school music appreciation, a jazz band and a pep band. Wow. Yes. How did you even manage to do that in one day? (laughs) I look back on it and now I go, there's no way I could have done that. I was just on an adrenaline rush and I, it was, that was it. It was this little town of uh, 850 people in the town. Um, There were only 330 students in the entire K-12 building. It was one building. Very tiny. And they all came to me and my high school band had 22 and they said, this is the largest we've ever had. <laughs> and I went, okay. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. So you had to instruct everything. Everything. Wow. There was no escaping you. No. District. And, <laughs> and when it was department time, they went, you have your music department time, which was me in my room doing wow. my own work. But it, it was, I learned a lot in I'm those sure. first two years. Now, did you grow up in a town like that? No, I grew up in Waukegan, Illinois, right up on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois, and huge school of 4,000 kids in the high school, and I went to this tiny little farming town. Wow. So was that a little bit of culture shock when you went there and started there? Oh, yes. (laughs) I can imagine that was quite the difference to go from... Oh, yes. Big to very small. They called me city girl. (laughs) You know, that's actually really funny because when I started teaching in Bartonville, Illinois, I grew up in Hinsdale and, you know, started teaching in Bartonville, small little town as well. Mm -hmm. Not that small or not as small as Mm -hmm. yours, Um, but they would call me the girl from the city Mm -hmm. because that was and I was like, I'm not really from the city, but, you know, that's what they kind of knew me as. So I totally understand that. Wow. So then after or how long did you stay there for? I was there for two years and then I had the opportunity to do just middle school music appreciation. Oh, wow. And um, I went up to McHenry, Illinois, started music appreciation class there and just fell in love with the building, fell in love with the town. And I stayed teaching music for 
four or five years and then switched to teaching computer applications with them. So it, it was just staying on that exploratory route and going into the tech world. And then I had the opportunity to move to Carroll Stream for curriculum work. And I stayed there for technology director work. And now I'm here. <laughs> So a little journey there. Yeah. Different roads and paths. And Mm -hmm. well, I'm sure. So you went to computer applications. Did you were you working on something different, like a different degree or something at that time that led you down a different path other than music? No, um, I will 100 percent credit my old principal, uh, Dr. Josh Wrights. He's now uh, the superintendent of McHenry School District 15. Uh, We had a position in the building that was called the tech specialist, and that person basically just assisted with grade books, assisted with setup, that kind of stuff. And I was doing my own unique setups because I was a music teacher on a cart. So I moved between three classrooms. So not only did you have to do it for the whole middle school, you had to be on a cart. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. And the position opened up and I threw my name in for the stipend position and said it and wrote on the sheet if no one else wants it. And he called me over the summer and said, well, actually, like 20 people want it, but I think you might actually be good at this. And I went, oh, okay." And he got me going into tech. So I was teaching music and assisting with tech. And then the technology computer applications teacher retired and he and the assistant principal said, why don't you try teaching that class? And it opened up a whole new world that led me down this tech route. So I 100% credit him for giving me that opportunity and him saying, I think you'd be good at this. And I went, sure. That's crazy. That's such a, a, a difference, right? Now, I know that you studied music education. Where did you go to college? I went to Illinois Wesleyan University down in Bloomington. Excellent. So we were neighbors because I was at Illinois State. Oh, so nice. we were neighbors. Um, and then you did a master's degree at? My first one was at Concordia University, Chicago in education and leadership. Okay. That's and, what I did too. Well, I did it at North Central, but same thing. Okay. All right. And my second was at American College of Education online for um, educational technology. Excellent. Okay. So you've had uh, definitely some different experiences academically as well. And you did online like before it was cool even. Yes. Yeah. So you have that experience. How were your instructors teaching online at, you know, that time at that time? It was very module set up. So the instructor would post a video and post all the assignments and you had five days to get them in. Okay. And it, you got a lot of um, written feedback. So I never actually communicated in person like via Zoom with my instructors. And it took uh, six of us in our cohort halfway through it to realize, oh, we all live within 10 minutes of each other. Oh, my god! And so then we started texting and getting to know each other that way to help each other out with the assignments. But it, it was it was a very nice setup. I love the coursework, you just really didn't know how to form a relationship with your instructor online. Sure. So there was never any like joint communication, really. It was yeah. just more independent mm-hmm. working like that. So I think we we try to use like discussion boards now. How do you feel about discussion boards? I have a mixed feeling about them. I like them because I think it could get ideas flowing. I 
feel like you get into the rut, though, of and respond to two people. And it's <laughs> I agree with that statement. I would just add a comma. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, for one of for my two uh, online classes I have coming up, I'm actually going to be implementing Flip. Also it used to be called Flipgrid, where they'll okay, do a video sure. response to get them to see each other. Awesome. And I'm posting videos with them so we can actually respond in video to each other to try to build that relationship a little more. That's such a cool idea. I like that a lot. Okay, very neat. Um, so tell me, Karen, what is your favorite part of K-12 life? There was never a boring day. <laughs> My <laughs> to husband, put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's a middle school teacher also. Uh, he's uh, another music teacher, middle school orchestra. And for the when I was middle school and he was middle school, we would come home and we'd say, who had the best story of the day? <laughs> And then our students found out we did that. So mine would say, is this your story of the day? I'm like, yep, you're my story today. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's so cool. Teachers marry teachers a lot. Very much so. I feel like you almost, not that you have to, but it definitely brings a different level of understanding when your spouse also understands what it's like to be immersed in the K-12 world. Absolutely. It definitely helps. It's so helpful. When I would, um, because in McHenry, I would teach a new group of students every seven weeks. And the agreement we had, because, you know, exploratory rotation, was there would be one Friday every term that I would just stay late. I'm like, this is my late Friday, so I can catch up and get ready for the new term. And there was no questions asked because he said, yeah, I'm living that life too. He understood, completely mm-hmm. understood where you were coming from. I I also had a colleague who would stay every Friday. That was her. She wouldn't ever stay. She wasn't early. She didn't stay late any other day <laughs> except Friday. And she would not leave at the end of Friday night until she was ready and prepped for the whole following week. You've got to have a system, right? Yeah. Got to have a system. Oh, yes. <laughs> So now transitioning to College of DuPage, you just finished up your first semester. You were hired on as full-time faculty in education. We're so excited to have you. Students love you. They love your energy that you bring to the classroom and everything. It's just so, it's just such a great fit. I'm just so excited to have you. What do you love about COD so far? This has been just the most amazing shift ever for me. Um, I loved K-12 I loved even the admin side of it, um, but to be on the front end of it and working with pre-service teachers is true. It's a dream come true. The students are just amazing. And they're coming in right out of high, you know, most of them right out of high school, having experienced so much with the pandemic. And they really have in their head what kind of a teacher they want to be. And what they don't want to be. And it's really amazing to connect with them that way and to hear their positives and their, you know, their sad stories, too. And to see how that impacted them. It's been so great to form that relationship with them and just hear from them and tell them you're going to take that and walk, run with it. It's going to impact you for the rest of your life. And that's okay. You know, learn from it and grow from it. Definitely. I I forget sometimes that the groups still coming to us are still part of the COVID generation in high school, right? And mm-hmm. so you're absolutely right. The The cool thing is they've learned or they've had some experiences online, right? Yes. Good and bad experiences, depending on, you know, their system. Yes. <laughs> but they all kind of know, like, whether they would be good at taking online classes or not, right? I mean, absolutely. They have some of that knowledge, at least. Oh, yes. 
So if you're thinking about that experience that they've had, is there anything that you would change about teacher preparation so far? You know, I mean, you're learning a lot about teacher preparation, but what is there anything that you see that you're like, oh, I would love to work on this or that? One of the things I absolutely love that we do here at COD is that the students are in the classroom from the moment they take that first education 1100 class and getting down and dirty in the classroom because so many times I see students not hit the classroom till that junior year and don't realize until then, ooh, this may not be what I want. And by then it's almost too late or you're feeling like you're on that trajectory already. And I love the fact that we can get them in right away and tell them it's okay if like partway through you decide, no, I I thought I'd like kindergarten. (laughs) I do not like kindergarten. Definitely. There's a lot of actually kindergarten. A lot of kids come in or a lot of students come in thinking they want kindergarten specifically. And then they do. They have that exact experience. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, wait a second. I'm with those kids all day and, you know, it it changes their mind, right? I even had a student last semester. He said, I really want to do high school math. And I went, "Okay, well, let's see where we can, you know, work on a placement. And he ended up in a middle school in math. And he went, I don't know what I'm going to think. By the end of the semester, he went, so I think I actually like middle school. And I went, yes, you're going to find awesome. what you really like. And that's yeah. it's OK that it's going to ebb and flow. But it, it, I love that we get the students in right away. And I think that's one of the biggest things is we need to get our students in as soon as possible so they can see the reality of this is teaching. It's not an easy job. It's also not the worst job. <laughs> it's, right. it's a very passionate job, but it's a lot of work. And you need to see that early on and really decide early on, is this really what I have the passion for? I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there. I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of work that goes into being a teacher. (laughs) And so then when they start working as a teacher, you know, full time, because student teaching kind of counts, you know, but once you're in that classroom really by yourself and it's yours, then it really kicks it up a notch and you that's underestimated. I think that's honestly why we lose so many teachers is because they're just unprepared for the not only the physical workload, but the mental workload of yes. dealing with all of that. I mean, you know, kids unloading stuff on you about home, you know, and different academic things and and everything that they're dealing with that can be really overwhelming. Yes. So, well, that leads me to my a segment that we call Teaching Realities. So here I'm going to ask you to share something you weren't taught about teaching in college, but wish that you had known. There's two. One would be, and I think many, many people will say this, but classroom management. (laughs) Classroom management, (laughs) definitely. And you hear, you either hear you know, be really tough or just form relationships, but nobody actually tells you what to do. But I feel like that's something that even when you're in your 20th year, you go, how do I manage a classroom? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> and I definitely think, have those moments, right? Well, yeah. Even now I go, well, wait, that that's one a little more out of control than I thought you guys would. And they're all really respectful, you know, adults, but still <laughs> there are days I walk away and I go, ooh. Mm-hmm. That went down a road I was not expecting because <laughs> I did not manage that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's okay. Uh-huh. But I, I really wish we need to start talking with our students about what does it mean to actually form a relationship? What does that look like? And when we talk about 
classroom management techniques, what are some actual techniques to start building that toolbox? I always like to go to, it's not the end all be all, but PBIS has their continuum of responses. And I love those because they're like quick and easy use proximity, it planned ignore. And it's just like, here's a little, you know, little toolbox of some things that you're going to use and you're going to keep adding to it as you go. Definitely. That's great. That's great advice. Love that pick, one. Pick that up. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one other thing, well, this, I guess, ties together tips for teachers. What would you like to share as a tip for future educators? For future teachers, the work is never done. It's never done. And you can't operate in black and white mode. You can't be so rigid to say, nope, I only work contract hours. Or, no, I'm going to stay till everything's done. Because if you stay till everything's done, you'll be like, me, my second year of teaching, it was 1130. I'm sitting in my little farming town music room, and I hear a knock on the window. And it's my husband. We had just gotten married. And he's pointing at his watch. And I went... (laughs) How'd you get here? And I let him in and he said, you don't even realize it's 1130 at night. I'm like, oh, I should come home. (laughs) So you can't do that. But at the same time, you have to realize, yeah, there's going to be some days where you say, I have to work late or I have to do some work this weekend. And days where you're like, nope, I've got my family. I've got something going on. I have to leave a contract time today. So you've got to find a good ebb and flow to it. You can't operate in this black and white. Like I feel like some people really try to. It's not an eight to five, but it's not a 24 (laughs) seven. You've just got to each day is a little different. Figure out the balance, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Karen, it's been great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for sharing all about your experiences and your expertise. I really do feel so fortunate to work with you at COD as we prepare future educators. Um, So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, April. It has been so wonderful to work with you and Shannon and join this community. This has been awesome. So I am so excited to be here with you. Excellent. Well, please join me on the next episode where I bring in more experts in the field to share their experiences. 